Sean, how's your week? We how's go. things? You recovered oh, from 420? Uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty mellow 420. Uh, it's it's been a it's been an interesting week. The uh, the 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 paranoia that you, the paranoia rabbit hole that you fall down to when you see a sponsored ad that lines up with an ailment that you're feeling is uh is terrifying. It's the same. I'm assuming it's the same thing as. WebMD, uh, but woke up uh, a couple weeks ago with the shoulder pain, and I'm like, wow, that's weird. I haven't done anything. Uh, maybe that's the reason my shoulder hurts, but then I come across a sponsor dad that details that's the first stage uh, your body is fighting lung cancer, so then I just uh, full-on meltdown. Just every website you can find to see what it means. Finally going to the doctor, and they laugh me out of the office with the <laughs> ridiculousness of that request and they're like no yeah you're older this is a muscle strain it happens when you sleep so yeah get used to it because the older you get this is going to happen all the time now so yeah things, i'm gonna look forward to but things just hurt sorry yeah you're welcome yep. for being alive good luck yeah i'm on the opposite where i just ignore it and hopefully it goes away forever like i've had this nagging uh soreness or like tight pain in my right calf or like Achilles area, which is super alarming if I really wanted to focus on it because I, you know, I burst my other, I ruptured my other Achilles. So this one just quietly like, Hey, what, what you want to go round two? And I'm like, yeah, uh, let's just ignore this. I'll do the, like I, I got my <clears throat> physical therapy sheets out and started doing those exercises again, but on both legs, I'm like, I'm just going to build up the muscle build up the muscle around it and uh hopefully nothing will happen because if i have to go through all that shit again god help yeah. me just don't don't look online because you will spiral like even uh i have like a kind of sore throat that i got like yesterday and i think it's like all the pollen and stuff but um even that like I'm just like, oh, let's see what sore throat is. And I'm like, no, don't do this because you're just going to fall down the same thing and then you're going to get left out of another doctor's office. But, Or it can save my life. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. See how I feel. But. Yeah, the, the line between cautious and uh, hypochondriac seems to be a little finer than we want to admit. But uh, Yeah, it's also during this whole quarantine thing, it kind of puts you on edge anyway because you're, you're already looking out for symptoms and weird stuff like that. So uh, it kind of already makes you right there and being able to be like, well, this could be terrible. So, Yeah, I, I think we're on the opposite sides of the same coin because, again, throughout quarantine, I just kept playing Corona or Hangover. And thankfully, so far, I've, I've yeah. my dice have come up Hangover every single time. But, you know, it's only a matter of time before Snake Eyes. So... Yeah, I mean, one just gets you faster. That's that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, the same. They're they're both the same road taking to the same place. One's just quicker. You can't vaccinate against a hangover. That's just called being hydrated. Yeah, let's get that IV. That IV drip. 
Oh goodness. Have you ever have you ever done the hangover cure IV drip or are you also No, that seems a little too uh <laughs> seems a little too out of my price range. Like Yeah. I've uh, I, I mean, would have loved it. I've never but, uh, looked into it, but I've just always assumed it was out of my price range. It seems like that bullshit that like billionaires do. Like, mm, I feel I have a hangover because I drank too much whatever twelve thousand dollar bottle of wine last night. I'm gonna go get an IV drip. Like <laughs> Yep. Real Coachella medicine type of shit. I don't want to have to deal like this. This with like a poor person would. I'm getting a yeah. free ticket out of this shit. I take the budget route and just sit in my car in the sun. That'll take care of me. <laughs> the car sauna. Go throw in a throw on a windbreaker. The cheaper, the better. Yeah. Just sweat it out, which is apparently really, really good for you. Good for your heart. Good for your body. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one of the upsides of uh my dad building a sauna when I was a kid. Like I didn't realize at the time how awesome that was to have until I came out here and I'm like, Man, I would love to have a sauna right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Instead you gotta go ride a bike in a coach's jacket in eighty five degree weather. Just hope you don't yeah. pass out. Shit. I'll just look up symptoms online instead. <laughs> Figure out oh, I'm dying next. I'll just give myself an ulcer by perusing WebMD. Yeah. But yeah, how's, uh, how's your week been going? What's what's new? What's what's happening? Oh, you know, about about the same. Uh, no, just the nagging uh, Achilles pain. Um, not a lot else to report. I'm potentially courting a new job. I don't know that. I think it would be in addition to my current job. I don't know. I'm just kind of hearing what they have to offer. So. Uh, maybe I could not be as poor anymore. That would be pretty cool. But also, you know how I feel about work. So we'll see. That's true. Apparently, nice. they apparently to make more, you have to work more. And I would like to be. I would like to prove that wrong. I would. Well, I'd like to. Are go, there any other options? Is there is there a work less, make more option? I'd like that, please. Also, I'm not doing what you want me to do. No, but uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> A recruiter found me, and he's been—he uh, was actually in Traverse City when he called. Uh, but uh, oh shit! Yeah, they—he and his his lady were escaping Corona in tra- beautiful Traverse City, and uh, so we we connected on that. So uh, I nice. have connections there, namely you. There uh, you go. <clears throat> and beyond beyond that, just uh, you know, dealing with some family stuff. But uh, all in all, it seems like. Uh, things are fine. Things are good. Yes. Head up, heads above water. Keep we're keeping on swimming. That's, that's all you can do. Just waiting for our next drunken holiday. You know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the similarities of our topic today and St. Paddy's Day were startling. Yeah. I like I feel like I've read this all before. I'm like, <clears throat> oh. There seems to be a pattern growing, a pattern that yeah. we were noticing where, you know. Americans really like to find excuses to drink. We sure do. To today's topic, yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, which is Spanish for the 8th of February. <laughs> yes. Yeah, beautiful Cinco de Mayo the, that celebrates, uh, it's, 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 I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but this seems kind of like their Battle of Alamo, where it's just like the rallying cry it's, for a, like... It's a, not even that big. 
it's <clears> like a single battle in the war that they eventually lost, but even Mexico doesn't celebrate it. <laughs> it's a national holiday in America, but it's not a national holiday in Mexico. But yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like it's about uh, Mexican culture and it's similar to the St. Patrick's Day thing where it's kind of expats and people that aren't in the country of their birth that kind of find a place to kind of celebrate the pride of their, their homeland. So, yeah, you're, you're the, you're the cool guy for a get a day maybe when it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm Irish and it's St. Patrick's day and you got an accent and stuff and you can be, yeah. like, it's actually not a big deal back home. It's, you know, it's, it's fun here. It's cute, but you know, no big deal. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but it celebrates the May 5th of 1862 victory over France in the Battle of Puebla during the Franco-Mexican War. And, I I mean, I think Americans are largely ignorant of not only their own history, but world history at large. Like, you were, I mean, I don't know how granular you get with things, but just even reading, reading this book right now, I'm like, oh, yeah. The history of Mexico is like violent. Oh, there's overthrows. They have multiple civil wars. They were like passed yeah, around. I mean, that's. <clears throat> I mean, the fact uh, that the French were such a big presence down there alone is probably surprising. Like, if you were to go to on Cinco de Mayo to somebody at a bar and be like, "Did you know who they were fighting during the, this battle?" And I'm like, it, "France." How often do you think people would know it's France? Yeah, I mean, that's only 22% of Americans even know what Cinco de Mayo is. So the fact that they would know who they were fighting during that is uh, is not really a good sign for us. I mean, that's, that's pretty American, though, like, get get the sh- the very minimum information about it. Oh, I can drink? Cool. All right, that's, that's that. Wait, we drink margar... The important thing to remember is we drink margaritas and we eat Mexican food. That That's the, the main thing. Which, I mean, that sounds like everyday life to me, so... That's a little slice of heaven just for Sean. Yeah. I got 365 days of uh, celebrating that. I don't need a specific one, but... <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that the whole start of it, uh, where the new newly elected uh, president was like, hey, this country is... Uh, we are broke. We can't repay all these debts. So uh, Britain and Spain... Um, and France kind of were like, all right, well, we're sending our debt collectors over there, which I had to assume would take forever, like to go from Britain and like just mainland Europe all the way to Mexico just to collect the debt. But I guess it was probably a lot, but, um, and then Napoleon the third, which I kept reading as like the, apparently there's a bunch of Napoleons. I didn't really realize that. Again, yeah, me either. Largely ignorant. I'm w- vaguely aware of yeah. Napoleon Bonaparte, who, again... Yeah, he gets all the headlines. That's that's the main one. But, um, but yeah, he wanted to kind of uh, carve out his own area in Mexico so he could fund the, uh, the Confederacy and help them win the Civil War of America. So it kind of has American ties, too, which, like, it could have gone really bad if... Uh, the Battle of Puebla went the other way. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That seems like a kind of weird turning point of, like, how <laughs> world history went. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the how the world developed is mainly on who took out debts and who owed them and who was willing to go to, to bat to, like, collect. Like, who's coming and to town? Who- 
with some who just moved in and said, "Hey, this is ours now because your skin's a different color." <laughs> that, yeah, that seems like a major, uh, major part of like the Archduke Ferdinand Maximilian was named Emperor of Mexico without ever really even being there. Like, hey, uh, we discovered this place that people all already live in; they already have their system, but. Here you go. Yeah, they've this been here. They've already created tequila. They've they are le- heads and shoulders above you culturally, probably. Yeah, uh, you know they're not wearing powdered wigs or sailing across the seas because they already found their slice of paradise and they're rolling he- heads down fucking pyramids. So come and get some. But yeah, I mean it. It didn't even like the battle happened, and then it never even really took hold. It never became like a real national holiday. It gained popular in the. I mean, it it became a national holiday in 1862, like right when it happened. But then they were like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna keep renewing this because it was such a kind of local uh, kind of story." In mm-hmm. in terms of like the larger war, like really, there's only a handful of places in Mexico that I saw that still kind of celebrate it today, and it's really just the uh, the Puebla, the city of Puebla. Um, but yeah. Uh, the one day it started at dawn and ended early evening and I kind of didn't see a lot of the numbers but it kind of varied from thousands to hundreds but according to the, this one article that I saw this, the French lost 500 and the Mexicans lost less than 100 so it's a pretty stunning defeat for being outnumbered uh, 6,000 to 2,000 but um, I, I don't really know how those those battles really lasted. If it was like the kind of standard, kind of everybody line up, here's our cannons, here's our guns, and who's ever standing at the end of those wins. But um, Yeah, maybe they had a little bit more of the guerrilla tactics uh, in place and the French weren't really available with all their bright colored uniforms and <clears throat> ostentatious hats or whatever. Um, that Yeah, the word... The word ragtag is thrown about in a lot of the articles <laughs> I was reading is like they really like to paint this underdog picture of like the bad news bears coming to town and beating the French army. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely got some like last seat, last battle in Braveheart kind of vibe where it's like they all charge out gung ho and they win one. But then, you know, in comes the tide and <laughs> with it, the death and you know, like the defeat. Yeah. But um. You know, you got to have your rallying cry, and if it takes one, uh, one you know, you, if a win's a win, a dub's a dub, Sean. So why not That's celebrate true. it? I so. mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna let down with that. I mean, that we'll take it. Absolutely, and if it creates something as magical as Cinco de Mayo for us honkies to celebrate year after year in every, I mean. Growing up in Milford, Ohio, I, like the most Caucasian place I could pro- I've ever lived, probably. Uh, you know, we were se- we were having uh, we were doing history lessons back then and celebrating, and I'm sure doing very crude cultural appropriations with sombreros and mustaches and bandoleros and all sorts of things. But yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things I remember from like northern michigan we had one uh restaurant called la senorita which was like the default mexican restaurant in northern michigan um and i always remember like they would always kind of go all out and i'd be like oh this is cool like i really this this is a great like idea for this place because it always seemed busy but it during those times it seemed like more festive and stuff like that i'm like this is rad when it's still snowing in the middle of may but um but yeah 
Yeah, May always had that ability to like just hold on because <clears throat> you know you get a couple weeks in the in the spring out east where you're like, all right, it's breaking. We're gonna it's starting to start warming up, and then just in May there's like a cold front that just comes back and pisses down snow and just crushes your dreams for a little bit. Yeah. And the next thing yeah. you know, you're just sweating it out in the humid, <clears throat> the humid air in There's June. Swatting mosquitoes and sweating, sweating through your shirt. Just running out, hoping for sunshine in between rainstorms. Oh, what a beautiful place the Midwest and the East Coast is. <laughs> oh, the seasons, the wonderful seasons. I like California, but I couldn't live there. I'd miss seasons. Would you? Would you really miss? <laughs> Walking outside and being covered in sweat yeah. and just attacked by mosquitoes at every turn. I think that leads to kind of the time warp of, especially Los Angeles, where everyone is kind of they they're they're just the age that they want to be, and the the weather never changes. So it's like, what year is it? Twenty twenty one. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no real rules here. I mean, California is like never never land. It really is because. Um, like if you see a, like uh, any male, female, other, whatever you see them from behind and you check their outfit, that person could be anywhere from 14 to 63, depending on like, and their outfit will give basically no indication unless, you know, every now and then you got some like old, like just undeniably old people like already in their retirement garb where it's like lightweight and they look like they might be going bowling or something. But yeah, otherwise it's like board shorts and uh, <clears throat> Hawaiian shirts. And you're like, ah, maybe, maybe they're my age. And then they turn around, they're like 68 years old and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of California. You never know. It keeps you on your toes. You're yeah, like, absolutely. Hey, that... Yeah. And conversely, when I go home at 36 and I skateboard around the city with my friends, I feel very, very old. <laughs> I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm too old for this here, maybe? Yeah. You're but, like, oh, this is the real world. Uh, people have uh, yeah, people have a look that they kind of settle into my friend's about to buy his third house not third like you know owning at the same time but he's moving to his third house because his family has grown to the point where now he needs more room and i'm renting a apartment in a four unit place with overrun by cats i have a roommate (laughs) we still have people crashing on our couch that's one of the weird kind of joys though of going back home and bringing that up of like Oh man, I got these kids. I'm I'm running all the time. I got soccer practice. I got these practices. I'm doing these things. They're like what? Like what are you up to? What's your life like? And I'm like, well, I just kind of hang out. You know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty nice. And like, I wake up when I want to do what I want to when I want to. It's pretty awesome. And you see it, that like look in their eye of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna murder you. And I'm like, yeah, but I live uh, I live with a roommate in, in an apartment, and yeah. uh, it's not very big, and I don't have any land, so right. I think, like, in a weird way, I, I don't know that it's a respect thing, but I think my dad looks at me and he's like, I didn't know you didn't have to do this shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You mean you could have just said no and just not had kids or not gotten married? You know, like, well, it's not really been an option. Uh, I mean, if I, it was, if I was doing life planning, it's like, all right, 
meet someone, marriage, kids, maybe. And now it's like 36. I'm like, man, I don't think it's happening. So, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's, fuck. <laughs> the goal of parents, you, you got to uh, make sure your kids' lives are, are better off than yours. So success, 10 centers. Success. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for letting me do all the thing for doing all the shit you didn't want to do so I can do all yeah. the things that we want. Speaking of which, <laughs> Billy and I might run up to Big Sur to check out some otter pups. So <laughs> just on a, on a whim, old Bill called nice. off. He quote unquote threw his back out at work. He didn't. But now, <laughs> now he's got paid two weeks off from plumbing. And uh, so we might get into some get into some goodness. There you go. Oh, but uh, in terms of Cinco de Mayo picking up some steam, it seems uh, that the good na- neighbor policy, which was uh, promoted by Franklin Roosevelt in 1933 to encourage friendly relations between Mexico and the United States, which I think is also around the time of... Uh, Prohibition ending and also the rise of our good friend, the Margarita, <clears throat> which we've yeah. delved into in pr- past episodes, link in bio. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, it's maybe trussing up this, this once a year thing to encourage these relations and raise awareness and just like get people intermingling and drinking new things and trying new restaurants. Like, I, I mean, I don't know that, uh, outside of like maybe border cities that Mexican food was ever like super big until later, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how that really works. Like I, that's the whole kind of thought when all these people are like, uh, these Mexicans coming into this country or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, but have you had a torta? Like, yeah. They can do whatever they want, man. I don't care as long as they bring that delicious food. Yeah, I really. <laughs> I mean, I've racism itself doesn't make sense, but specifically being anti-Hispanic uh, or Mexican, I'm like, like, <clears throat> I mean, all of the all of the stereotypes fall apart as soon as you start digging into them because it's like, oh, they're lazy. I'm like, and they're gonna take our jobs. I'm like, well, pick one because if they're lazy, they're not gonna take your jobs. And if they're going to take your jobs, then that means you're lazy or they're going to work harder for less. So kind of contradictory there, friend. So it's like... um, It's almost like it's based on nonsense and they they have no real footing to sit on. I I mean, I stand by as soon as you start picking apart. It's just fear. It's just all it is is you're you're afraid of your place in the world and your lineage and whatever else. And you're afraid that somebody's going to come over and do it better. Which, you know, you should be. They're they're yeah. they're terrific people. <laughs> uh, their, yeah. their food's terrific. Music's great. Like in terms of the fan, like I, it's another thing is like they represent. And I, this is going to sound generalizate. I'm generalizing, and I don't need to do that, even if it's on the positive side. But all I'm saying is like, in terms of representing Christianity, like in the family unit, they seem. I see way more uh, Hispanic families out having a good time, having their families out together in parks and doing things and celebrating birthdays and getting together and like doing all the things that your religion supposedly being about, and, like promoting the family unit and you know. Yeah, I mean, look at quinceañeras where like any like kind of suburban, at least in Michigan, like 
uh, girls kind of like whatever big birthday party was kind of just, Hey, yeah, here's a cake. Welcome. You got this, uh, your grandpa's coming over later for having, uh, for having pizza. So, uh, you see like the awesomeness of those giant lavish parties of quinceaneras and stuff. And you're like, damn, it's like they, uh, they're way more stoked on this than, uh, we are, but well, it's like, I mean, I don't have a lot of traditions in our family, but like I see a lot of other cultures having their traditions and I'm like, that's fucking sick. Like, no wonder like you're trying to shame them because it's like you don't have anything half as cool. So now you got to like go at them like their traditions are way more intact and also <clears throat> than, a, than a lot of, uh, you know, just white America where it's just like this made up bullshit. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Racists are, are foolish people that are coming from a place of fear and not a place of love. And we are all about coming from a place of love. Yeah. <clears throat> Which uh, some of the main things I came across, like the uh, there's a lot of parties and parades and uh, like food and stuff. Uh, one of the main kind of delicacies I saw that was like mole poblano. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? You yeah, ever around with mole. Uh, here and there, I, it, it's never taken for me. But I, I don't know that I've had yeah. good mole. But it's just like that chocolate thing. Yeah, it's spicy chocolate. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, apparently that's like the the main dish in uh, Puebla, uh, the main town. So that's why that's kind of the de facto kind of traditional food. Um, but. I saw that uh, Los Angeles, I guess rightfully so, is the uh, the largest celebration, which is, I'm not really, I didn't come across a lot of other places outside of like Chicago and Houston and stuff like that where uh, people celebrate it. Like there's a bunch of weird ones in Colorado that have like Chihuahua fe- like races and stuff like that. And I'm like, this seems kind of <laughs> racist. <laughs> like... I don't know what the intent of this is, and there wasn't enough information on it. So I'm like, this, I don't know if that's a celebration of uh, Mexican culture, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, the, the LA thing makes a lot of sense. And also, like, apparently during, uh, during Cinco de Mayo, uh, 36.6 million cases of beer are sold, like, yearly on average, and 87 million, yeah. pound, 87 million pounds of avocados. So it's like, I'm sure it's more than just California and, <clears throat> and like, because even in Pittsburgh, I, I know Cinco de Mayo, it, it doesn't pop off. It's not like uh, St. Patrick's Day where people, like, it's a nuisance. St. Patrick's Day in Pittsburgh is a fucking nuisance. People are just yeah, trashed. I think, I think that's how it is everywhere. It's right. like similar to spring break in Daytona Beach where let's just get ahead of this. Yeah, it's essentially. But, um... I mean, it makes sense, too, because, like, California was Mexico prior to all this other stuff. So getting back to that, like, f- how, like, the that racist thing of them coming over here, it's like, we came over here. We were the people, yeah. like, they have more right to be here than we do, to be perfectly honest. And also, like, they've, uh, ad- I don't know, they just seem more adapted and, like, know the, the history and the, the roots here more. So until, you know, all yeah. the fucking... I mean, that's, that seems like that early kind of 30s uh, type of racist bullshit where they're like, like kind of come over here and they they come to a party and then they get really drunk 
and then they're like, look at everyone here got super wasted. They're <laughs> degenerates and stuff. Like I saw later on once like kind of uh, the drinking aspect of it after the 1980s where uh, kind of Corona and a lot of beer, uh, Mexican beer um, companies kind of focused on like drink Mexican beer and Cinco de Mayo because it's like your Mexican heritage and kind of support Mexico and that type of thing. But it kind of became like this drinking holiday that it kind of is now where they kind of pin that back on the Mexican culture of like, uh, just drinking all the time. Like all these people are at this Mexican or at this Cinco de Mayo, uh, festival and they're all drunk. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, like you're looking at one sliver of a situation, but yeah. And also like Anheuser-Busch and Miller were huge and like starting Hispanic marketing departments and pushing that. So it's like, it's not like Corona, I think made waves because they were one of the first like Mexican marketed as a Mexican imported beer where like imported beer, like it's so bizarre going back through the history of beer because it was just like, well, we just had beer for a long time. And then we, oh, then we had Heineken, which was like the imported beer. And then we had Mexican imported beer. And now it's like all these craft beers and seltzers and stuff. But back to the point is, yeah, uh, all these beer companies were pushing Cinco de Mayo and then, you know, the the margarita was just like, <laughs> I'm about to have my day, y'all. Uh, yeah, you might as well go ahead and call into work tomorrow because uh, we got stuff to do. <laughs> Listen, this, um, this is my day. I'm coming out. Speaking of which, I'm going to pour myself another drink. There you go. But yeah, the, the weird thing about like... Uh, corona being the start of it 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 just doesn't do it justice because corona i think is i'm in my personal opinion this is solely on me i think corona is is not the best uh mexican beer that i've had i mean you want to go to modelo's some some takeouts those are the best Yeah, I'm just talking about how uh, Corona being the national kind of ambassador for Mexican beer at the time, it's not a good, not a good look. Because I don't think I'm a huge fan of Corona. I, I feel like it's the the weakest of all the Mexican beers that I've ever had. But well, you know, <clears throat> sometimes the first is the best, but a lot of the time it's just the first, the f- first that came through and did it. So yeah. they just cleared the space and then somebody else came in and did it better. So, I mean, unless uh, Corona is upside down inside of a margarita, uh, I will pass on all of them. I mean, I'm down. Uh, it's funny going to Canada because like, it, it seems like Corona is still like the top tier Mexican beer up there. And I don't know for if it's for lack of options or what, but even like you, you go to uh, New York and then suddenly Takati's everywhere or like, Mod- yeah, Modelo, sir. What what's your top tier Mexican beer then, Sean? Uh, probably Modelo with uh, Tecate, probably a close second. Yeah, I mean, I, I just know. need something I can drink by, uh, you know, like have thirty on hand at all times. <laughs> like that's the key for my 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 drinking habit. But yeah, and preferably in a can. Uh, I mean, again, yeah. Like in a in a bottle's fine if you're pouring it into a, a frosty marg, but otherwise, like, who am I trying to impress? Bottles, yeah. 
Can't Shit. even take these to the beach. We don't have company. I'm, I'm not drinking my beer out of glasses. Yeah, who who are we trying to impress? But uh, yeah, um, it's, and I think like most of them are like, Estrella Brands. I think owns all of all three of them, so it's probably not even like that varied yeah, from one like, to the other. It's like it's, yeah, Takati's probably just the swill from the other two combined. Yeah, I don't. I, I it's weird. Like I. The last time I had a Corona, I'm like, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, and like it's it's not that good, or maybe I'm remembering it's not that good. It's like after living here for so long, that's all I've been drinking is kind of Mexican lager beer. And as soon as I had it, I'm like, no, this is not good. This is not on par with the quality and excellence of a Modelo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm my history will show that I'm pro Modelo for sure. Uh, I I guess they had yeah. some issues with their local town with a, is it Estrella Brands? I thought it was Estrella Brands, but I'm trying to look it up and um, <clears throat> they're not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, every company's gonna have issues with its local water source and depriving its local people of the water. You know, you know how they do. Even yeah. water companies do this. That's like Arrowhead, also. Again, come for the libel, stay for the slander. Do I have any yep. articles? Do I have any research? Absolutely not. Just, no. This is what I vaguely about, remember. All about hastily researched stuff and gut feelings. That's that's what we're here for. Hey man, I got instincts. I gotta go with them, you know. I, I heard a I I remember a half dreamt headline from a tweet I only vaguely read, so I'm gonna repeat it to our Tens of listeners, and hopefully they will just behave accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, like the internet's there for everybody. Like, if you want more re- more info on these uh, these topics, uh, and get the research yourself. We're just here to kind of jumping off point. Yeah, I, I mean, we're here to question. We're here to upset the status quo, and we're going to do yeah. that by causing some waves. Some half truths are going to be part of that. So, strap on, put on your put on your life vest, and learn to swim. Like Cinco de Mayo was just the quiet one. Like living in San Clemente, Fourth of July was a fucking shit show. Every yeah. year, people just went off, <clears throat> being a military town and whatnot. You know, punching your boy in the face, uh, breaking his yep. nose. <laughs> just. Out of nowhere, that happens, you know. You know, so, uh, I, and didn't all that happen before, like seven thirty at night? Wasn't that super early? Yeah, the sun was not down, and maybe we can we can get to that for the Fourth of July, perhaps. But uh, yeah, uh, that'd be a teaser. Meanwhile, Cinco de Mayo, great time. You go to La Siesta, you have some gasoline margaritas, some ha- like I don't know that they ever threw away chips. It's like they just. Threw them into another basket and gave you another, yeah. like, same thing with the salsa. It's like, there's some half-done salsa. Throw it into another ba- into another uh, cup and recycle. And it just got, it was like the mole. It just got better and better the more you drink. Seasoning over time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you watch the se- chef's kitchen with the dude that did mole? And, like... I've not. I can't watch uh, cooking shows because it it makes me feel like I just smoked a giant joint and I have to eat stuff. <laughs> yeah, Sh- I, re- I realized that a while ago, but 
but uh, few things make me feel fatter than eating lunch while watching a cooking show. <laughs> it just seems so <laughs> indulgent. Like I feel like yeah. that Lord of the Rings dude that when they're like in they're having a they're trying to talk to him and he's just like I mean it's it's kind of a trope with any kind of uh wealthy ruling class person they always seem to be eating and it's really visceral and animalistic and gross and yeah. almost sexual where it's just like very wet and whatever uh, but that's me that's me at lunch watching diners drive-ins and dives or chef's table or Man, you're you're going all the way to Flavortown. I'm going to I, on your lunch break. I enjoy Flavortown. I I <laughs> do not respect people who don't like Guy Fieri. I I have a problem with you. I think you're trying to you're you're hating you're hating Nickelback without ever hearing a song. I think I I feel like I base my my only interpretation on Guy Fieri based on Bobby Moynihan's impersonation of him <laughs> and. And that's where I want to stop. I don't want to ruin that where he's shouting full throttle about seven layer dip in a toilet. So <laughs> that's that's kind of where I, I want to leave it. That's the pinnacle of Guy Fieri for me. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I It is. But, you know, uh, I think Shane Torres has a whole bit about like, what did what did Guy Fieri ever do to you? Like he goes around the country and supports small businesses. He donates like a bunch of money i think in the pandemic he raised an an insane amount of money for independent restaurants so it's like there's all this hate for the dude and i get it he looks like a like the the, yeah. the lost beetle for smash mouth like the dude that just yeah didn't make it looks like <laughs> it looks like 1996 just threw up in the parking lot that's that's what it looks like but you kind of need that to kind of uh ever since the anthony bourdain the level of like these TV chefs too cool to be uh, too cool for school type of situation. Like you need that wild card of it to come in with frosted tips and a flame bowling shirt. Uh, I think it, it, it's kind of a natural uh, balance of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you need your, your inaccessible poet rock stars who are just pontificating about, you know, worldly issues, but then you also need uh, your boy in a flame, uh, polyester shirt with his sunglasses behind his head eating a fucking pork rib sandwich or whatever it's like yeah it's all about balance but uh yeah i yeah watch if you get high watch diners drive-ins and dive dives and eat just something with a lot of cheese or just yeah the key is i i would think is just sit down start watching it and then smoke and then go to your kitchen and then, you know, let inspiration strike you where it comes. Like, that's where the best is. You're like, I need something salty, something here. I got cheese. I got I got Cheetos. Uh, I've got some salami. And that's yeah. where it all comes together. You kind of build your own. Yeah, I've been trying to do more of that uh, not high, but just like, because my impulse is always I get hungry and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to go eat something. And lately I've just been like, now, how about we actually try to stick to the budget that you claim to have made? So you got a cupboard full of mac and cheese and this and that, and you got a fridge of, uh, you know, a Costco bag full of spinach that you're battling time against. How about we figure something out? So just like, bas- like I'm not saying it's healthy, but I've been making up some, I, I did 
weird leftover nachos. I did like a spinach mac and cheese. I did like a carnitas mac and cheese. <laughs> like just fucking yeah. whipping it up and saving about ten to twenty dollars at a time. So I'm, I'm well, gonna. I switched. Uh, I switched from using bacon in my BLT to prosciutto. So uh, I, I'm eating healthy now. That's. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, it's got whatever amount of grams less fat. So this is healthy. There's lettuce on it. So three times the take sodium that, and half the fat. Take that cholesterol. I mean, living in uh, San Clemente, kind of down there area where there's fiesta there's fourth of july and you know second of my own stuff like that they kind of all blend together as one giant uh kind of binge drinking situation so that's kind of where i'm at where i'm like oh yeah we had that one and i'm like no that was fiesta but but yeah but i i think i'm just kind of blown away by like the the hyper locality of it and and how it became like a major thing is it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like if the dropping of the dill pickle for in Dillsburg became a, a worldwide phenomenon, which I'm not saying it shouldn't. It sounds awesome and I love a pickle. So but it, it wow. is like how whoever in the marketing like cause it is a marketing thing. It's just like they sell a a shitload of beer, they sell a shitload of tequila and a shitload of avocados for the the holiday that Mexicans don't even celebrate super hard in Mexico. So it is a marketing miracle of sorts where it's just like, yeah, we're just going to do it and we're going to make people believe in it. And that, you know, good on them. Cause it's like, in essence, it's like the, the kind of essence of America where it's like, we're going to take these uh, kind of specific holidays of different cultures and we're going to blow it up and we're going to make it, a giant thing here where it's not even that big where it's originally from. And, uh, that's kind of a bright spot of it. Like, yeah. Hey, everyone here is an alcoholic. So, uh, you know, just, just kind of lean into that and market to that. And then, uh, it becomes these huge things. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like a hundred percent positive, but in terms of like, uh, capitalism working in favor of something and at least like, and you know, it's not the worst. It's like who, yeah. Like tequila companies are benefiting from it. Mexican restaurants, which uh, if they're good, they're gonna be uh, you know Hispanic owned. So hopefully, it's benefiting that you know population of the country and giving something back. So if if that's the spike that they needed, some fucking Anheuser Busch executive being like, we need to drive uh, sales in March or I'm sorry, May. Damn, I'm fucking. <laughs> you know, whatever fucking month it's, Mayo is. It's, it's, yeah. Whatever my that. own calendar is. Anyway, yeah, you know, there there are worse uh, results. That's all I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, there are stereotypes that have probably arisen from it, and but you know, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, it's one of these other kind of communities and cultures are like, Hey, this is how uh, we're having a Cinco de Mayo party. Uh, we're not going to consult any Hispanic people to kind of like <laughs> lean into it. And we're going to end up having a Chihuahua race or something like that. Like that's yeah. where the diciness comes. Um, you know, pros and cons, uh, per, you know, 
who who knows who came up with the the that race but like for instance there's a Thai restaurant in Long Beach or there was prior to the pandemic and I saw it and I was like that is a terrible terrible name for a restaurant in 2019 and it was Yellow Fever <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And I'm like, that is fucking crazy. But apparently it was an all Thai owned uh, business. And like, but it was just such a bizarre thing. So it's like you assume it's some ignorant white person or something. But then you're like, oh, it's somebody that just was making a joke. And now it's a big thing. It's like, no, I thought it was funny. Like, come. I don't know. I I don't know what the reasons are, but. I mean, living in. kind of multicultural Southern California, I, I could see how that could kind of, you could see that and be like, okay, maybe that's just like a weird translation thing. But like, if that was in the middle of Ohio or something, you would have a completely different other connotation to it and be like, I don't think that's like, I, I don't think that's right. Yeah. At least out here, it's like in the open and you're like, oh yeah, we know them. It's the, yeah. we, we've met them. They're fun. They're, they make a great uh, yellow curry. Yeah. Let's see here. But coming across a lot of other stuff, it seems like uh, kind of that happened, the start of it, and then beer companies latched onto it, and now everyone gets wasted every single mile. I, I kind of feel like I through the course of this podcast, I'm slowly being able, I'm, I'm slowly becoming more qualified to be on Jeopardy. Every little topic that we're hitting on i feel like i'm getting the kind of the hits from so at the very least who knows i mean you're gonna be a a hit at a cocktail party once this all gets sorted out i'm gonna be part of that 22 percent when they they do the guy in the street surveys of hey what's uh what's cinco de mayo and all these idiots next to me say it's the independence day of mexico no that's uh that happened in 1810 no, it was against the Spanish, so September 16th, but... The Battle of Puebla, motherfucker. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I love all these, like, quote-unquote articles where it's just like you search one thing and then it's ne- fast forward and it's like, 16 cocktails to serve at your Cinco de Mayo celebration. Like, 16. 16. How about you just have a pitcher of margaritas and people get shithoused as they should. I will tell you that yeah. the, the most drunk and most regrettably drunk I've ever been is uh, early morning margaritas. Like, not early, early morning, but like pre-noon. Like, if you're drinking margaritas before noon and you're doing a day of drinking, you have fucked yeah. up. Stop now. Drink water. Eat some food, Mexican food specifically. Recalibrate and start over. Like, it's not going to go well. It's not going to end well, at least in my experience. It does not go. You're going to be. Yeah. I mean, like that's the experience of my day drink. Like if I I think I I prefer day drinking to night drinking by far, just because it's like kind of the guise of, I don't think we should be doing this. Like people are not going to the bank right now. Like we're, we're We're being bad. (laughs) Let's be bad. Mm. Um, But it's all about, pacing yourself because you kind of lose focus on like oh the sun's out Uh, i feel great i'm just gonna have another one and another one and then it's one o'clock and you're kind of passed out uh 
in a restaurant in the booth. But um, yeah, just like anything else, guys, you just got to pump the brakes. And, uh, you know, we did we did the hard work uh, so you don't have to where we kind of raged through and just many ruined Mondays because of uh, too much day drinking on a Sunday. But yeah, the nice thing about a Sunday as you get older, too, is the sun just takes it out of you. So it's like you end up not drinking as much. And then you call it call it earlier too, so it's at least you have like a couple hours head start to deal with it. Yeah, man, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've been uh, res- drinking somewhat more responsibly lately, and like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, "Look at me! I drank my water. Look at me! I brushed my teeth before going to bed." Just like yeah, it only took you this long to get there, huh? Well, yeah. Within the past like couple months of this quarantine isolation i've been doing i've realized like the past year and a half i've been leaning heavily onto substances to get me through this and so i'm like let's just try some sober days and see what that's like and it's just filled with like crippling anxiety and i'm like i can't imagine doing this the entire time during quarantine i'm so glad i had my friend's alcohol and marijuana to get me through that yeah well my problem is uh whatever anxiety i postpone it just comes, it's just the 1920s when it comes back because it's just loud and it's in my ear. <laughs> it's doing the Charleston and just like my anxiety is so severe that I'm just like, how about we take it easier? And then, you know, you might be a little uh, fuzzy come, come the new week, but you're not shaky. Uh, it, it's just too much. I, I can't keep doing it. Like, yeah, it's not a sustainable practice and, at all. Yeah, and also the juice ain't worth the squeeze. It's like, what did what did you do? Was it worth it for the price? You like literally the the financial cost, and also the time because it's like, what 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 did you get out of doing all that? It's like, and sometimes it's really fun. Like we went uh, when we went up to uh, Alabama Hills, great time. We drank the whole time, and it was fun. And, you know, it was fine, and you paid for it uh, for a day or two or whatever. And, really, I bought uh, one cube of banquets, and everybody, and I I think I bought, like, a bottle of of bourbon. So, it's, like, for uh, three days and, you know, whatever. Something, sometimes it's worth it, but it's also, like, if it's the same why I don't do Coke. It's, like, oh, I'm just going to spend a lot of money at a shitty bar and then feel like shit for three days and maybe die. <laughs> it's not really worth, yeah. worth it for me. Yeah. I don't trust my willpower to uh, to fuck with that. No, not he at is, all. He's, he has proven time again he is irresponsible with that. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I, I know my, like, I know myself enough where it's like I get two drinks in me, which means I'm going to get six drinks in me. So it's like. Yeah. Like I'm not an alcoholic, I'm a binge drinker, which is <laughs> splitting hairs yeah. for sure, but it's also because like Because I I did the same thing with Girl Scout cookies where I'm like, well, I already have two today, so I'll just have another one and then the day is over and I'm sitting there crying into an empty box of Tagalog, so <laughs> Why aren't there more of these? It's not it's not just alcohol, but Yeah, it's just our I'm yeah, I'm kind of the same way with uh, eating out food. Cause it's like I'll, I can go days and days. I'm like, all right, I'm just only cooking at home. 
I'm only using what I got. And then one day I'm like, fuck it. And the next thing I know is like, well, that was a $50 day, which isn't really even that bad, honestly. But it's also yeah. like if your food budget is, you know, whatever, three to 500 bucks, that's a significant chunk out of your food budget. So depending on. I mean, that's that's kind of the bright spot uh, of Blue Apron. Uh, we're open for advertising if you're listening. So BlueApron.com. There you go. Um doing that like having like kind of that kind of guideline of like not being able to you're like well i could order food right now because i don't want to cook or do this type of thing that really forces you like well this is just going to go bad if i don't do it and then i'm an idiot for wasting this food but because you have a weekly kind of total that you're going off of you're like yeah i I should just make this but what's that cost like i mean give her uh ballpark what's a what's a blue apron cost a month uh, it's per, like six, it's 60 a week for six meals, six to seven meals. So that's very reasonable. It's like what? 10, yeah. 10 bucks a meal. Yeah. And if you're getting, but I do that now shit. where, where there are times where I'm like, uh, I'm just going to order food. I tried to get at least two meals out of it and i end up spending like 40 dollars on like fried chicken and i'm like i didn't need this like i could yeah. just get another meal instead of ordering everything at the same time but yeah. you know you live and you learn yeah and so, sometimes you just gotta splurge and just say fuck it but you know it is it is all about balance so but uh, sign up to yeah. our Patreon and you'll get our Sean Burke Blue Apron specials where he'll just uh, he'll cook the meal and he can get uh, all his his best and brightest reviews. Um, I'll send you 45-minute videos of me just eating the food and being like, yeah, that was pretty good. Sean will literally Xerox the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I keep them all, so yes. I yeah. will send you, I will bootleg your Blue Apron to you. Is Is there like a a cocktail blue apron where like it's you know you don't have to go buy all the bullshit for the like here's some lemon zest and here's some aperol and here TM. like to buy an, an, tm tm yeah. tm tm I, th- I, th- I don't think there is like that's i'm sure there's a lot of red tape you'd have to jump through for uh shipping alcohol but uh yeah but if you, if drizzly can do it why like let let's just do the cocktail version of drizzly where it's like uh yeah here here's all the ingredients there you know you you can set how many people like it, if it's like a party or something where it's like yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't have to, like you're already making the casseroles and all this other shit but here here's all the makings for whatever fucking bullshit ass uh cocktails you want to make a negron like a negroni or a uh, what was the uh the monster energy drink <laughs> Frankenstein beverage I sent Oh, Jesus. That had like yeah. 16 different alcohols. Yeah, the Loch Ness. Was the oh, Loch Ness yeah, monster? it was the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, I was trying to find... I was like... I I think it's funny to drink Monster Energy Drink. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I'm not proud of it, but I just like it because like as I like imp- like turn the can upside down and it turns uh, M to a W, I'm like, yeah, the W's for white trash. Like... Everybody's yeah. white trash when they drink a Monster Energy drink. Doesn't matter. <laughs> to be totally honest, I didn't even know they were still making it. Like that's from my college days of being like, 
energy energy drinks are all I need to kind of survive to to get my kit going. So, um, yeah, surprised that's all around. Oh, they're crushing it. They are sponsoring athletes. Um, I think Thug Rose. She immediately had a Monster Energy drink energy drink in her hand following her uh, knockout win over the weekend. Damn. They seem to be doing just fine. Yeah. And maybe we'll get we need a, to, We need to get that sponsorship. Yeah, we do. Uh we should do a, a, an energy drink energy drink episode because I have some conspiracies involving Red Bull because they have way too much money. Like it's inexplic like uh Comrade Bloodbath has pointed this out multiple times where he's just like they have a they have a questionable amount of money based on how long they've been around. They're an Austrian oh, yeah. brand and like like I think if I think Mercedes has like one F150 team and Red Bull has two and that was like 10 years ago. So Yeah, I mean it's like yeah. So this I just remember being like the action sports world of how much product was completely given away like thousands of cases of this stuff that is just uh here you go uh yeah you came to the event here's a bunch of cases to it um but yeah Yeah. i I would be down for that because the amount of sketchy mouth-burning energy drinks i consumed (laughs) during college uh there was one that was just called cocaine and it it made you it was terrible and it made you feel like your teeth were falling out but um yeah i'd be down for that all right. Well, maybe we'll get to it after we launch our uh, our cocktail blue apron. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got, we got some big things on the horizon. We have proven time and time again we are ideas men. We have come through. We've got we've got options. I'm working on the koozies. Uh, it hit a little bit of a stall, but. We we got some irons in the fire and we're gonna monetize, baby. We're we got a future here, so we're but, all out. Uh, all right, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever race, gender, creed you are, I hope you all have a happy Cinco de Mayo. Thanks for checking in with us. We've been parking yeah, lot drunk. I am Christian Senrud. I am Sean Burke. Give us a follow on all the socials at Parking Lot Drunk. Like, follow, subscribe, leave us a review if you can. Tell your friends. That's how we grow. Stay tuned for some koozies and, uh, yeah, whatever else we got going. Thanks so much. Yeah. Cheers.